welcome to the ArborPod Detective Genjo series. Today's guest is Andrew Kozer in the case of the Battered Birch. This podcast is provided by the International Society of Arboriculture. The pit of my stomach growled in anticipation as I waited for Coda to bring back our lunch. In a futile attempt to remain productive, I idly flipped through one of the numerous files that cluttered my desk. It was no use. Thoughts of Philly cheesesteak with extra onions on a toasted hoagie kept interfering with my concentration. The door opened and my head snapped up immediately to see Coded and the greasy white bag in his hands. What took so long? I asked, not really caring what his excuse was, but asking out of habit. Coded had a tendency of taking twice as long and expending twice the energy to complete any task assigned to him, and that was assuming that he did finish it. I forgot the extra onions. They had to fry them up and add them to your sandwich. There was my explanation. I didn't waste time thinking of a smart aleck response. I had a sandwich to attend to. A short time later, with a full belly and a clear mind, I returned to the file I had glanced at earlier. Last week I had received a call from a young woman, Betty Black, regarding the gradual decline of her prized river birch. Normally, I would have jumped at the opportunity to make a house call for a distressed name. Unfortunately, a spree of verticillium wilt had kept me tied up and unable to respond until now. Reading through my scribbled notes, I found the symptoms too general to hazard a guess from my office. Betty had said the leaves on her birch were slightly yellowed and smaller than in previous years. She also mentioned that the crown was thinner as well. This girl obviously had an eye for trees, a quality that I found quite appealing. After a quick call and a cross-town drive, I arrived at Betty's place. She lived in a small but well-kept house. A real eye-catcher on Betty's property was her landscaping. It was obvious from just one look at her immaculate flower beds that this lady had a passion for plants. I knocked on the door and was greeted by a smiling and attractive redhead, Betty Black. She was wearing a sundress with matching gardening gloves and a wide-brimmed straw hat that set off her face to perfection. Thank you for taking the time to examine my river bridge, Detective Dinjo. I could tell when I called that your schedule was pretty hectic. It was an eventful week to say the least, I replied. Why don't you show me your troubled tree and maybe I can figure out what is at the root of its problems. She led me to her backyard. It was obvious that Betty's beloved tree was in need of some assistance. The general decline and yellowing of her birch could have had any number of causal agents. Water stress, salt injury, low soil oxygen levels, chemical and pollutant injuries, and various root pathogens all produce similar symptoms that can easily be confused. To figure out which of these possibilities, if any, was responsible for the poor state of Betty's Betula nigra, I would have to find out more about the site and the tree's history. Well, I started to worry about a month ago, she replied, and then, after a short pause, added, I water my trees along with the flower beds, so I don't think water stress is a problem. Were any fertilizers or herbicides applied to your backyard recently? I do fertilize my lawn, but only minimally. I instead try to use compost as much as possible. As for weeds, I pick them all by hand. It gives me time to think and clear my mind. The list was getting shorter. I knew if I kept asking the right questions, our answer was sure to surface. I took another look around the yard. This time, the problem was glaringly obvious. Examining a few of the lower branches of the birch confirmed my suspicions. 
The distance between terminal bud scars had greatly diminished over the past three growing seasons. I was sure that the next question would yield the answer we were looking for. When did your neighbors add on to their house? Betty looked a little confused by my question. I don't know. It had to be nearly three years ago. The birch stood at the edge of Betty's property line near her neighbor's house. Their residence was similar to the others on the block, a typical Cape Cod with the usual one and a half stories. In fact, while I was driving down the street, I had noticed how unoriginal the developers had been in planning this particular neighborhood. The houses looked like Monopoly game pieces that had been plopped down in a row. What I couldn't see from my car was that the house next to the ailing birch was different. It had an addition on the back. Betty's neighbors had extended their basement as well. In today's world, that was a sure sign that heavy machinery was involved. When they dug out the basement, how did the construction company get its excavating equipment behind the house, I asked. Betty saw where I was going with these questions. Actually, they asked if they could drive on my lawn so that there wouldn't be any damage to my neighbor's driveway. I told them it would be fine as long as they replaced any turf that was damaged. The space between the two houses was pretty tight. The construction crews would have had to drive within a few feet of Betty's tree to get their excavators in place. Images of heavy treads, crushing roots, and compacting precious soil air spaces clouded my thoughts. I grabbed the soil probe out of my tool bag and easily pushed it into the soil in the middle of the yard. On the neighbor's side of the tree, I pushed down with all I had, but the probe went in only a few inches. Seeing this, Betty shuddered and looked concerned. What can we do to save my river birch, Detective Dendro? Radial aeration seemed the best treatment for Betty's suffocating birch. This method involves trenching channels from the base out toward the drip line. An air excavator would do the job with little damage to the tree. These channels would then be filled with compost-enriched topsoil with a good structural balance of silt, sand, and clay to retain moisture and to allow much-needed oxygen to reach the absorptive roots of the tree. Over time, the roots should really take off and the crown will start looking good again. I explained to Betty how preventing construction damage was more effective than trying to save a tree after the fact. Then I advised her to call a certified arborist before anyone works around her trees. With hopes that her birch would eventually recover, Betty couldn't thank me enough. I would have loved to stay and let her express her gratitude in greater detail, but I had a date with a saucy little meatball sandwich at Jerry's sub shop. It was already 5.30 and my stomach was once again informing me that it was time to get some grub. Plus, it was Codet's turn to buy. And I knew if I didn't get there soon, he would be long gone. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Arbor Pod Detective Dendro series. You can earn CEUs for this podcast. Just use the code DD7226 to complete the quiz. Stay tuned for the next ones. This podcast is provided by the International Society of Arboriculture. Mm-hmm.